every side In the darkness is the light Out of the shadows of my life Welcome back once again to the So Weird Podcast. I'm Zach. I'm Kathy. I'm Emily. And I'm Kat. And it's nice to be back here with everybody following our holiday break. Today we are talking about Season 2, Episode 1 of So Weird Medium. This one was directed by, on Wikipedia it says Gary Harvey, and he directed the previous episode, which was the Season 1 finale, Willow the Wisp. And I like both of those episodes. Yeah, this one is a bit of a fan favorite from my understanding. I like this one a lot. Me too. Yeah, I think this one is a great opener and a good example of what the theme would be for season two, like how Emily had mentioned season one was more about Jack and Fee, and this one is more about Molly, well, you know, the Molly and Rick and Fee. Yeah, it lays out a lot of the concepts that the show would be dealing with in season two. And also mm-hmm. Rick's theme. We hear Rick's theme for the first time, the little guitar music that plays. We hear it a lot in this episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And also, is this the first time we hear She Sells? Because I seem to remember we will be hearing that song a lot as well this season. Well, we first hear She Sells in at the end of Tulpa when Molly's writing it. Okay. But either way, that's that's a song. I remember when I was rewatching the show a few years back, thinking like, man, how many times are we going to hear that one? They just play it a lot. <laughs> but uh, this is a show, this is an episode I definitely remember seeing when it aired on Disney. This was, uh, in fact, a lot of the season two episodes made an impression on me when they were new. And what I really like about this one is, as a kid anyway, this is one of the first times I can remember... Um, what you would call skepticism or debunking treated in a semi-positive light on a show, which is an interesting approach to So Weird, which is not generally uh, a skeptical series. You know, it's usually pretty open to the supernatural concepts as approaches just by the nature of the show, but it is nice to see it treat skepticism with a fair hand. Yeah, and before we get too much into it, maybe we should provide a summary. So this episode titled Medium is about Fee going to see a medium in order to try to contact her father, only to find out that the medium she sees as a fake debunked by the real deal. Though we don't know he's the real deal immediately. No, we find that out later. Yeah, and, uh, you know, interesting thing. Well, first off, that opening narration from Fiona is definitely one of the saddest ones from the whole run of the series. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it starts off with a really sad Rick theme, and, you know, at the end of the her monologue, she's saying, um, it's worth a try. Like, is it so wrong to hope? And, you know, her hope throughout the season is just to contact her dad. Yeah, and it's a beautiful overlay with all of these pictures of Rick, Molly, Faye, and flashbacks to the videotape that we saw in se- Season 1, Episode 3, Memory of that tape of Molly and Rick playing with little Jack and Fee in a swimming pool. It's such a sweet opening. Mm-hmm. And then we get to Molly looking at a picture of Rick and then it cuts to Fee looking at the exact same picture. And you can tell they're both thinking about him and still grieving him. But they're yeah. doing it separately. Yes. You know. And so at the end it's nice that they both come together and are able to grieve. Yeah, and a lot yeah, of a good, good, a lot of good Molly moments in this episode. I sometimes felt like she was underutilized in season one, especially towards the end of season one. So it's nice to see her having such a big role in the season two premiere. Yeah, we really see Molly as a broken character in this episode because she keeps hearing Rick and keeps seeing him, and she eventually has like a meltdown while she's recording her song. And then at the end, we hear her say, like, I can't even fix myself. So in a way, she's admitting that, you know, she's a little broken. Yeah, it's really sad and very well done. Um, Mackenzie Phillips does a good job on this episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's such a beautiful episode. And it's become more meaningful for me because I just lost my dad unexpectedly about a year and a half ago. Oh, wow. So to go and rewatch that scene when... Fee's trying to hold on to these memories of her father, and her mom just can't deal with that at the moment. And Fee asks her mother, 
Like, don't you want to talk about him? Isn't this what you want? And her mother just says, I can't have what I want. It's such a poignant moment because after my dad passed, all I wanted to do was look through all of the old photos and all of his things. And my mom just couldn't handle it. Like, she looked at a picture of my dad and started throwing up because it was just too raw for her. So I really relate to Fia Molly in this episode a lot. Wow. Wow. Yeah, it really, you know, illustrates how people grieve in, in different ways, even within the same family. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it breaks my heart every time to see the ending scene of this episode, where Molly and Fee are finally grieving together, and then Jack's just outside the doorway, looking like he's about to cry, but trying so hard not to, because he's just kind of out there, left out. Yeah, in this episode, we see Jack as, like, that supporter again, that protector, he's looking out for both Molly and Fee. Because there's one scene where Molly's staying up at night and Jack comes and notices that she's kind of sad and asks what's wrong. And then towards the end of the ep, um, Jack goes to Patrick, the medium, and you know confronts him about how he hurt Fee. Though off screen, I wish we had seen that uh, Me too. conversation between Jack and the medium. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I kind of like that they leave it to the imagination because I I wonder what you know they would have made it really um, a little watered down on the show. But now I can imagine yeah. him like cursing him out and stuff. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah he all does. The say... says is that oh well, I won't repeat it because it was rather colorful, and I yeah. do like how that leaves it to the imagination. But I wish so badly we could have gotten like a deleted scene of that as a DVD extra or something. Yeah, too hot for the <laughs> Disney Channel. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and another thing, I just want to mention this as not a big role in this episode, but what is up with Fiona's friend Candy, who we've never seen before, nor would see again? Well, we do hear her mentioned a few times, like in the episode, listen, where Fee's emailing with her, IMing. Yeah, she's mentioned, but I don't think we see her again. But I, I'm guessing she's just like a local friend. Yeah, she lives in Hope Springs. Ho- Hope Springs friend who's I don't I don't want to say opposite of Fee but they kind of seem like opposites but I mean I guess it shows she's a good friend for being there for Fee at the seance you know totally being freaked out but everything but it is a little hard to imagine Fiona being friends with this very stereotypical girly girl who wants to go to the mall and is talking about the cute guys and is super energetic malls and cute guys too Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why I didn't say, I don't want to say it's so opposite, because we've seen in episodes her, like, talking about, you know, makeup and, yeah, yeah times. She yeah, she's got to have somebody to go shopping with other than Molly. Yeah, but uh, she does kind of come out of nowhere in this episode. Yeah. Yeah, and then she goes nowhere. I feel like it's really weird that they made up new friends for Annie in season three instead of bringing back Candy. Well, I got to tell you, when I was watching this about a half an hour ago, I was doing something else in another window, and this blonde girl pops up, and my first response is like, wait, is that Annie? I was confused there for one second. <laughs> yeah, uh, Jenna Lee Templeton is the actress playing Candy, and um, I have no idea if she's ever done anything else. <laughs> it might have just been like with the first work they had, where they just pulled somebody in and be like, hey, say these lines. Yeah, she has six total credits, uh, mostly television, so not a prolific actor by any means. Mm. (laughs) Always just some local Vancouver person. Yeah, and um, another character they introduced in this episode that I would have liked to have seen brought back is Patrick Raymond, who is first introduced as a debunker, and we later discover has or at least had some sort of medium powers. And it's really interesting to see his interaction with Fiona. I also really like his story that he has of having this power, and when his wife died, his power also died. Yeah, so there's this link between the two characters over loss, losing somebody they love. And that's kind of I I agree. He's probably my favorite, you know, single episode character from the show. Uh, I think he would have had a lot of potential if he had returned to see him interact with Molly because they loss as adults, you know? Mm-hmm. Though I think it is interesting that they never say 
how his wife died. He is talking about it and then just trails off. So we're kind of left to wonder, oh, was it some sort of, was it cancer or a car wreck or something sudden like that? Wow, I'm loving how you guys are digging all this insight into this guy because all of my life I just thought of him as a giant jerk. And I was glad <laughs> he was gone. But it's cool because it's like after his wife dies, like he's tries to talk to her again through other mediums, but they're all fake. So now it's like his revenge for her or himself or something to expose them. I really love that sequence where he uh, de- quote unquote debunks, pulls the cameras out on the phony medium because you know, I mean, as somebody like myself who has an interest in skepticism, people like that are generally, they just, I think they're like the worst people possible <laughs> because they are really preying on very sad, vulnerable people. And so I do appreciate, you know, out of all the things so weird it has thrown out there and said, oh, well, maybe this has some basis in reality. This is like one of the few issues where they come down on saying like, no, this is bullshit. This is definitively untrue. <laughs> <laughs> have any of you all ever been to a medium no but I have a friend who has and like swears by it yeah my cousin um, went to a medium he heard mediums say to tell his family that he loves them well William was the grandpa or she thought that the medium was talking about my grandpa on my other side of the family because he died like a couple of months ago. But I was like, okay, William is a very popular name, especially for people of my grandpa's age. And he went by Bill. Like, I'm not buying this at all. But yeah, I've never been to one myself. And yeah, I definitely wouldn't. Yeah, and this episode was on the air around the same time. I don't know if anybody else remembers the TV medium John Edwards who was had a show on the sci-fi channel where he would have a auditorium full of people and he would say a name and then elaborate from that, which, you know, if you know anything about a technique called cold reading, you know, they basically speak in such generalities that it's, it could apply to anybody in the room. Um, yeah. But that show, like I said, was on at the time around the ta- same time as this and was popular. Uh, and I always wondered if there was, it's probably just a coincidence, but that was something that was in the culture at the time. Yeah, and it still kind of is now with, like, the Long Island medium and... Oh, I hate that woman. (laughs) I think there's another show out there. Yeah, there are a couple. Um, And, uh... I mean, at least now, like, maybe because she's, I don't know, entertaining for some people, but why is that show still going on? Well, I personally don't really understand the whole reality TV fascination with New Jersey as if it's some (laughs) other country, you know, it's. (laughs) Well, the Jersey Shore had nothing to do with New Jersey. Those guys are from New York. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know. (laughs) (laughs) But I I can't imagine how people who are from Jersey must feel like, oh, man, these are who's speaking for us in the culture. We feel terrible. I'm a New Jerseyan. I'm sure. Um. I'm just going to bring it back to the episode. <laughs> um, so the medium scene in this episode, when I was rewatching it, you know, for the first time after however many years, for some reason, I thought that he was real, like the medium. And I'm watching now, and I'm like, this guy is so dorky and ridiculous and goofy. Like, why did I buy this? <laughs> you know, The phony medium? Some- yes. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, I think when I first watched it when I was a kid, I thought, like I was buying it too. Yeah, like I couldn't I understand the, why the guy. The music was- helps. The music, like that background music. <laughs> yeah, and also that's what we're led to believe mediums are like. That it's all about those dark curtains and lights. Well, I was just gonna say that that's always been the setting for the seance, and it's mostly because when it's dark and everybody's he- eyes are closed, the quote-unquote medium can usually, you know, if they're going to make... I remember reading about this one case. This is totally off-topic here. But about this woman in the um, 1800s who was a medium, and she would make the table rise during the seance. Yes. And everybody said, oh, well, she's always holding somebody's hands, and you can see her feet. How is she doing this? And apparently, while everybody's eyes would close, this woman had a very long neck, and she would lean down and lift the table with her head. What? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I've heard about that, too. Was she the one that Arthur Arthur Conan Doyle believed was 
Yeah, I think it it was um, part of because I think I heard about this when I was seeing some History Channel documentary or something about Arthur Conan Doyle and his relationship with spiritualism. Yeah, I read a whole paper on it, and I just yeah, sorry, I just couldn't believe that Arthur Conan Doyle bought into all that. Well, it's so crazy to think that this guy who created the most famous rationalist character in fiction was all in on spiritualism. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and fairies. Also, after you've lost somebody, you're desperate to believe in it. After my dad yeah. passed away, I was looking up at mediums, and I seriously thought about contacting one. And then I never did, because I came to my senses. But still, when you miss somebody that badly... You'll do anything. Yeah, I mean, obviously, yeah. grief can do all sorts of things to people. But um, so the and the actor playing the medium of this, Andrew Wheeler, who has actually a, a quite a number of credits, is really good. I like him a lot. Yeah, man, I just hated that guy so much and the yeah. Suzanne lady. <laughs> Such jerks. Yeah, I felt so sad for Fee when she got so excited thinking that her father was contacting her, only to find out. That it was a lie. I know. And she says, like, I want to remember, but you have to help me. So it's like she she can't even have these memories of him. She's trying for anything. Yeah. Okay. Well, I was just going to say that um, we've talked about it before. Anytime they get Kara to get misty-eyed and say daddy in her her really sad voice, it always just gets to me. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I was just going to say that, you know, on this episode – trying to contact her father really is a nice bridge between this episode and the season one finale because she was given the opportunity to, to talk to her dad. She doesn't come out and say it in this episode because I guess she doesn't have anyone to talk to about it, but she gave that up. And so pressing on her mind, I guess, in this one. That's a good point. I hadn't thought of that. That is a nice thematic link between the season one finale and this episode. Mm-hmm. I thought I read somewhere that Candy and Fee were going to have a conversation about this, about what happened in Will of the Wisp, but they cut it out. Do you all remember reading about that? I can't Maybe. say I do. But if it know. is, it's going to be on that document of Frequently Asked Questions with John Cooksey. Mm. Yeah. I just find it hard to believe that Fee would talk to Candy about that, but I don't know. Also, is this the first time we've seen Hope Springs? Yes. Okay, I thought so. And their house, the house in the mountains yes. is mentioned in. That's such a beautiful oh, house. Oh, it's like my <laughs> ideal home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and they would return to uh, Hope Springs a couple times in season two and uh, several times in season three. So, Well, one time in season three, and then they sell it. Which the house, at least, yeah. <laughs> they sell the house, get rid of the memories, yeah, <laughs> and buy a new colorful house. <laughs> well, and I wonder if maybe that meant they had a slightly bigger budget for season two, because all of season one is set on the bus, which means they're just traveling to pre-existing locations. But here in season two, we have an actual set that they use a couple of different times. Uh, so I'm just wondering if maybe after the, you know, the season one was a shorter season, and maybe Disney gave them a little more money to uh, produce season two. Yeah, probably. Um, now, I got to tell you, I do like this episode a lot, but there is just one one small issue I have with it, and I don't really think it's a big fault of the episode. It's mostly an issue of this being a half an hour, 20-some minute kids show. The, I, the scene where Fiona confronts um, Andrew Wheeler's character, the genuine medium, and it doesn't take very long... <laughs> It, does, it doesn't take their conversation very long before he flat out admits that he is a real medium, and you'd think that's something he would keep a little closer to his chest. Though I get why. You know, it's it's a 22-minute 20, episode of television. you got to get that out there so you can get on to the rest of the story, but it does seem a little sudden when he blurts out yeah. that he's a medium. <laughs> I just work with it like they're both angry and thing, you know, the anger's rising, I guess. <laughs> he just blurts it out, but... Me. And it's, it is interesting that they would choose this to open the season because as far as paranormal activity goes, this is pretty low-key for So Weird, especially some of the places they would go in season two. I don't know. I'd say the whole idea of the seance that's at the beginning, even if it was a fake seance, that's pretty dark. The idea of communicating with the dead on a Disney Channel show. Well, yeah, it's not that it isn't 
a heavier subject. It's just that there's no big special effects in this episode. There's no running around or action. It's mostly a character-based episode. Yeah, and I kind of like that because it tells you that this season is going to be more serious. There is more emotional development between the characters. And then there is a lot of focus on Rick's storyline. Yeah. Um, I wanted to bring up um, in the beginning when Candy and Fee are talking, Candy's trying to like let her know that it might not work or maybe we shouldn't go to this, but Fee like, blurts out that she's not giving up. Then it's sad because she gives up later. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess it's okay because she eventually talked to him. So, but, yeah. Um, well, Candy just really seemed eager to get to the mall. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, and you know, small role from Jack and Clue in this episode. Jack's in two, two or three scenes, and Clue is in only one, I think. Yes, and my favorite part about Clue in this episode is that he's seen skateboarding while he's having that conversation with the real medium. It always brings oh, back yeah. memories of Brink, even though it's a skateboard and not rollerblades. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like how he's there to support V. Yeah. Well, increasingly, you know, rewatching the show for this podcast, it's like that's what Clue does a lot. He's like V's adventure buddy. Yeah, that's why I always like the idea of Clue and Fee eventually getting together. But they just don't realize it yet, you know? <laughs> I ship it. <laughs> well, um, and even though Jack only is only in a few scenes, he does have that really good conversation with Molly that we've already talked about a little bit, where uh, he mentions the no music after midnight rule. Oh, yeah. Which is a cute bit of dialogue. But, you know, everybody's really giving strong performances in this episode. What do you think of Molly having visual flashbacks to her time with Rick? I love that so much. I just I think it goes well with her, that power that she kind of has where she can see the future, but, like, literally see it. But now she can, like, literally see Rick or past events of Rick. I like them a lot. Yeah, and it's kind of ambiguous about what's happening there because there's this idea in the episode that Rick is kind of floating around and Fiona and Molly are maybe getting some – I don't know if it's meant to be like he's directly speaking to them spiritually or if just being back at home is causing them to feel and remember and think things. Yeah, I've always wondered that too. I, I think it's more that he's haunting them as in – they're just thinking about him a lot because they're back home, you know, as all the pictures are around. So more now that they're back. Yeah. And that's probably what it is. But then again, for out, even in season one, a little in, a, in this season, there is this theme of Rick trying to communicate with Molly and more Sophie. Yeah. If he is, he's being a little bit of a jerk about it, you know, <laughs> <laughs> kind of like, like he, that. The second like, episode. <laughs> Or, you know, he should have just downright told him an accident was going to happen. <laughs> well, assuming that was even Rick, we still don't. That's one of the unsolved mysteries of So Weird. <laughs> Who was sending the psychic emails in the second episode? It had to be Rick. <laughs> I'm believing that. I mean, you just assume that it would, that's who it must be. <laughs> um, I was just going to say, you know, this is a, a pretty heavily liked episode. I think this one, when we were doing our fan polls earlier, or I should say when Emily was doing the fan polls last year, this is the one that was always pretty highly ranked. People like this one a lot. I just think this episode really, uh, like the ending of this episode really makes it stand out for me. It's like, you know, while watching the episode, maybe it's not, I'm like, oh yeah, this is pretty good. But then the ending hits you and it, it really packs a punch, especially that last shot of Jack. When I saw mm -hmm. that, I, I totally forgot about it happening. And like, not, I mean, not now, but you know, once again, the first time I watched it after however many years and I like gasped because I wasn't expecting it. It was so sad. So that's why I, I think this breaks for Jack. Yeah. Well, it is sad because he feels like he has to be the supporter. You know, he has to be strong for his mom and for his sister. So it is mm -hmm. touching whenever you get to see him have an emotional moment like that. Mm hmm. Exactly. And I do really got to give 
either the writers or the producers, whoever made that decision, kudos for allowing an episode that is really just all about characters and emotion, and there's no big overarching plot in this one. It is primarily a character-driven episode and primarily about what characters are feeling and going through. And I, I like to think maybe this was sort of an announcement from the creators of the show saying, okay, well, season two is going to be more about this stuff. This is going to be a more emotional driven episode or se season. We're going to focus more on Molly's grief and Fiona's need to reach out to her father and these themes that would become very prevalent throughout the season. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I always wondered, like, I wonder if anyone remembers watching this episode for the first time, like when it premiered after, you know, they've been waiting for a new So Weird season and then this episode came on and they were like, what? This isn't fun at all. <laughs> you know? It's so sad. What's going on? I'm, I don't know. Yeah, because I'm thinking back, like if this episode were to be on Disney Channel right now before the young audience that watches it, I don't think it would, it wouldn't go well at all. <laughs> well, it might after like some of the episodes of Girl Meets World were serious. Well, I don't know yeah. about that, but this was, you know, by this point in the series, we've already gotten tearjerkers like Rebecca. So there is a precedence yeah. for So Weird being super sad. Yeah. And then I Just also remember watching this episode at two in the morning thinking, why is it they only show the Annie episodes during the day? <laughs> because <laughs> these episodes were always on at night. Annie's episodes were on during the day still. Yeah, well. And then I was like, oh, this is why, because it's sad. Well, that's something we should talk about because I um I do not remember that period and so weird when Disney would show it real late at night. I totally missed that. I I was probably in like high school at the time and not staying up till four o'clock in the morning usually, uh, or however late it alarm. was. <laughs> and then I got in trouble for it when I woke up my parents. <laughs> I do remember. I think two times distinctly. It's just one of those memories when you're really young, it sticks with you forever. Just being in my parents' room with my mom, and it's super late. I think we were just like waiting up for my dad to come home, watching Shelter, <laughs> like at 12 midnight or so. Yeah. Yeah. I stayed up late fairly consistently over the summer to watch this show and Bug Juice. Yeah. They were like back to back. I definitely yeah. remember Bug Juice. I remember the theme song, weirdly vividly. Mm -hmm. Me too. That's a good one. <laughs> Not sure why those things stick with you, but they do. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I, I don't know, because uh, I guess it was just after, as a kid, I was so disappointed in season three. I think I just kind of washed my hands of So Weird for a while. So I, I just, I guess I just didn't <laughs> know that it was, you know, the season one and season two episodes were being shown at midnight or one in the morning or whatever. So, anybody else has any thoughts about Medium? Um, I think there are a lot of really good lines in this episode. Um, when Patrick is talking to Fiona, I like how he says, like, oh, I bet you've seen angels and, you know, UFOs are real. Yeah, all these things that they've done in previous episodes. <laughs> yeah, I really like that line a lot. Well, I like the line from Ned in the studio. He says, none of us wants one of those cliche rock band on the verge of success breakups, like when Molly and uh, Irene are starting to get into a fight, because it does kind of feel that way. Yeah. That it's a little cliche. Yeah, and I do like the little line about uh, when he's bringing in all these supplies and he says, oh, and you're already out of turkey or whatever, or, or I brought more turkey. And I like how Irene parrots what Rick used to tell Molly, that they ain't parent to hear you talk, honey, so you better sing. And then her denying it, thinking like, oh, I just heard it somewhere. And Molly's like, no, that's Rick. Mm -hmm. um, another line that I like is what Fee tells Patrick, you know, when he's so angry at her. She says, uh, you know, you're so angry, you don't even see what it's done to you. I really like how Kara delivered that line. Yeah. And I don't know, it's just a line that I always think about when I think about this episode. I've always appreciated how Fee talks to adults and, you know, tells them what tells them like it is. You know, she, she really called him out there. 
Yeah, and that's something we've mentioned before when talking about the show, and it's something I really do admire a lot about So Weird is that, you know, Fiona is always treated like an equal. She's just never talked down to, and she never talks down to people, and I've always really appreciated that. Me too, especially because I grew up in an environment where it's like, you never tell an adult you're they're wrong. And I was growing up like, what the heck? Of course you can tell an adult they're wrong, especially when they are. Mm-hmm. Well, my mouth always got me in trouble as a kid, so uh, I always... <laughs> <laughs> um, guys, I did find out about the, you know how I was saying there was something about candy and Fee telling candy? Oh, yeah? Uh, about what happened in Willow Wisp. I just realized... Um, Someone who was on the old, you know, Conrad's hideout mm-hmm. website posted a document for the episode Mirror. Do you all re- do you remember seeing this? Kat? Yes, I do remember. This was apparently, the version of Medium. Wait, what? Yes, you, I, don't I know. That. Yeah, it is. It's on uh, the forum under the from the cast and crew board. There's a link called John Cooksey stuff. And it's list. It's on there. There's a link to a Mediafire uh, file, I guess, and you can access this file that has an old version of a medium called Mirror. I can't, you know, give a synopsis of the whole thing because I can barely remember it myself. But yeah, in the original episode, she was going to tell Candy about what happened. And I haven't checked with John Cooksey to see if this is legit, but I don't see how anyone would make this up. So. Well, you know, that's one of the things I love about you guys is you can dig up these obscure bits of so weird trivia and lore out of nowhere. <laughs> Not out of nowhere. This is like a collective fan base collection, I guess. A that collective things collection. That so weird have just been gathering over the years from John Cooksey and various members of the cast and crew. And it's all just been coming together. Yeah, it's, it's almost as if we are all little Fionas traveling around and searching for nuggets of information here. <laughs> yeah. And that's why it's good that we have this so weird forum, because now everybody can get together and put together what we know. Yeah, and is anybody on the forum listening to the podcast? <laughs> well, I'm just I'm just lightly nudging, you know? Because <laughs> I know last time I looked at the forum... The, the thread devoted to the podcast had no responses other than just the new episodes going up. I'm sure they're yeah. listening. <laughs> I hope they are. <laughs> just being really quiet about it. Um, I wanted to bring up the real medium in this episode, how he used his powers, because it wasn't like what we're used to seeing like on TV shows or how people say they can communicate. Like he didn't say words. He just made Fee get an object of his. And then she started, you know, strumming and did the, the Rick theme, which I thought was really cool how they incorporated all of that, like his power the theme and it being a way to, you know, say hello to Fee. I think well, Rick that- would have more to say. <laughs> well, that is I a know. technique that real <laughs> mediums a quote unquote real mediums do use where they have to be in contact with an object of the person or what have you. So the writers did their research there, I guess. Um. They also use it again a little bit later on season two in the episode mutiny where they communicate with the captain's spirit through the piece of driftwood. Yeah, it's interesting. Well, are they really communicating with the captain's spirit in that moment or is he just kind of possessing well, yeah. through possessing, you're kind of communicating. Like, they I get flashbacks to his life. Yeah. That's rather. You're right. Is there anything else we want to talk about in Medium? We still going on this? It's a good episode. Solid <laughs> character developments. Yeah, this yeah. is a strong I'm just, like, in love with the whole last five or ten minutes. Yeah, me too. I love how there's no audio. I'm talking... Making it more emotional, and then Molly being so, like, you know, I blame him and all this stuff. It's really great. Yeah, all you can hear is the rain hitting the windows. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah, and as I've said, that's what I, you know, that's, this is really just an episode. It's not about, you know, big events. It is about these small character interactions. And like I said, it's just kudos to the writers for really daring to do that on a kid's show. 
on a show aimed to at 10 to 12 year olds. And I think that's why, you know, however many years, probably 15 years later, we're still talking about this show because it had that the guts to go to serious places that most quote unquote kids show at the time wouldn't do. And a lot of shows today wouldn't do. I mean, I know every we have we have we talked about any time on this episode about the degradation of the Disney Channel and how it's just nowhere near as sophisticated now as it used to be. Because if you have if you haven't heard that from us, go back and listen to any of the other previous episodes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So it's really a show that you can grow with. And that's I think that's why I keep finding myself going back to rewatch the series time and time again and always get something new from it. Like even especially during the past couple of years after losing my own father, this show has become even more important to me than it already was. I don't know if it's so much we've grown with the show. I just think the show was always that good. Yeah, it has been. I agree. All right, are we ready to lay, our, lay out our ratings for this one? Sure. <laughs> I definitely gave it a 10 out of 10. Wow. <laughs> I just I, I like emotion a lot, and I like when episodes are really sad. <laughs> well, I was just going to say that when I was doing my rewatch uh, two years ago, I gave this one a seven at the time, and I would bump that up to an eight now. I feel like it should be an eight point five or a nine. I love the emotional content of it, but it loses points because the medium is a jerk, and there's not enough clue. Hmm. <laughs> Clue is an essential part of the so weird experience for you, Kat. Yes, he is. And what about you, Emily? Who doesn't do ratings? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I love this episode. I think it's a great season opener, the best one of the show, obviously. Um, well, the first, you know, the first one's the pilot, so it just feels like a pilot to me. And then season three is an abomination of an opener. So. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, and again, so, that's still one of the best episodes of that season. Uh, don't even. Um, <laughs> anyway, so <laughs> anyway, so yeah, this episode's really good. I don't know if it fits into my top ten. We'll just have to see. But it's very strong, especially the ending. Wait, I'm looking All at right. my my top ten here to see where it because I, <laughs> um, yeah, I have this actually at number four on my top ten right now. So, wow. So it's pretty pretty high up there. Um, and yeah, this is one I like a lot. Yeah, I think this would be my number three or so. I don't think it made my top ten list. I like what? it. But there are so many other good episodes, too. Yeah, I've got this one between Angel and Strange Geometry. That's where Medium relies for me. Yeah, I didn't know why I never thought of it before. But Netflix has like a request a title option. And since I, I believe they're showing some Disney Channel shows on Netflix now. They are. Yeah. Yes, so, so I thought, well, why don't we all just send in a so weird request? Because I know a lot of people have sent in Disney Channel, um, just the network itself emails about the show, and we just get like the generic, oh, we've got your email, and maybe we'll get back to you or whatever. But, I don't know, maybe, it's probably a long shot, probably won't work, but if enough of us, you know, demand so weird to Netflix, and Netflix demand so weird from Disney, like, maybe, maybe it'll happen. As long as they don't ask John from the Watch Disney Care team. His name is a lie, do not trust <laughs> him, he does not care. <laughs> Well, um, I, I didn't know if there were any Disney Channel shows on Netflix. There are. I think they're mostly modern-day Disney Channel. They yeah. may have Hannah Montana on there, too, but I don't know about that. They also have, like, Girl Meets World, Good Luck Charlie, Best Friends Whenever. Oh, all these shows I don't watch. Yeah. <laughs> they don't have Gravity Falls, though, which upsets a lot of people. I watch but... that show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But anyway... Uh, thing about this is guys that it literally takes no effort okay it takes a little effort but like you just go to the link which we'll probably post in the information and you type in so weird and hit the button and they won't send you anything that you want so weird on netflix that's it i don't know hitting a button that sounds like a lot of effort (laughs) 
That's because you can't handle the button. <laughs> um, I mean, I don't know. You know, I don't really think that would work. But whatever, guys. You know. <laughs> hey, I mean, well, I mean to try. It's such. It takes such little effort that why don't we just do it? Just do it, guys. Please. You know, I keep waiting for Disney to launch their own streaming service because I feel like it's coming at some point. It's gonna cost like forty dollars uh, a month. Yeah, you know, I don't have any, um, you know, insider insight into that, but it just seems like Disney has a big enough catalog of film and television that they could easily launch their own streaming service. And there are so many, like, obsessive Disney fans out there that they would subscribe to it. And I feel like, I mean, I don't know if that would, if that were to happen. Stop giving them ideas. <laughs> if that were so weird, ever. Yeah, if that were to happen, I don't know if they would, bring our odds up of getting the show in like an HD format because Disney is just so, you know, negligent about so weird in general, but I don't know, maybe because they'd have a lot of time to fill. They'd have a lot of programming to fill. I think it would be a great idea, but yeah, we'll see what Disney does. Um, yeah, I had mentioned it in our group chat, how girl meets world got canceled and there's a bunch of petition, petitions out there. Um, people want Netflix to buy the rights to continue the show or Hulu. Or they just want some continuation of it. Yeah, and I had no idea there was such a passionate following for Girl Meets World, of all things. I knew that it was a little big, but I didn't know how big. But, yeah, now I know. <laughs> Which makes me think, like, I wonder why it got canceled in the first place. Well, I mean, who knows? I guess there are production. Yeah, I mean, there are production well, costs and stuff like that. Most so Disney Channel series only do three seasons. It's just the most popular ones that get to four. So it's like they don't have that sixty-five episode rule, but they still do basically. Yeah, I think that Disney Channel's been losing a lot of money this these past few years. So even if it was very popular. I think it did cost a lot to make for them, so they just had to cancel it. Well, something I don't understand about Disney is how, why the main Disney Channel became the place for the low-balling, tween-girl-targeted sitcoms, and all their good shows are ported over to Disney XD, which a lot of people... I mean, maybe now, but like uh, for a long time, a lot of people didn't even know what Disney XD was because it's buried up in the 200s in your cable package. Same reason why when you go to the supermarket, you have different razors for girls and boys and totally different things based on gender because it's easier for them to target specific demographics. And well, I think that if they can target specific demographics, then they can increase their profits. Well, I get that, but Disney has these hugely popular license under their house label. They have Marvel and Star Wars, and you would think they would want to put that on their main channel. Because, I mean, it's the Disney Channel. You'd think that they would want the big names on the actual network that everybody knows about instead of porting them over to the, the action-oriented, you know, Disney Extreme that most people probably don't even know they get. It doesn't make any sense to me. That's Disney for you. <laughs> yeah, because when people hear Disney, they probably think of, like, Disney princesses. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. The Disney fandom's huge. Yeah. And crazy. Well, anywho. Um, <laughs> yeah. So feedback. We actually did get a lot of feedback, so I don't know if you want me to read everything or not. Read it all. Okay. <laughs> and uh, welcome to any new uh, listeners we gained over our break. Oh, yeah. Yeah, sure. I, tell Hi. People, <laughs> I did tell people, you know, we were taking a break, so catch up. So maybe someone did. Hi. Okay. So this is from Mary, and she commented on our first episode of Family Reunion. She said, um, if Disney has no interest in airing the show again or releasing DVDs, they should just allow people to upload it on YouTube or give up the rights to another network or other platforms. It's almost like they're ashamed of it, even though it was one of the better shows Disney has ever done. Can we go back to the 90s, early 2000s and just stay there? Thanks for doing these podcasts. I miss the show. <laughs> <laughs> I know I love that era. I want to stay there forever too. The late nineties, so early two thousands, when I didn't have to worry about taxes or 
property insurance. <laughs> Anywho. I want to know, but they brought up um, rights to the show. And I'm just thinking, has rights to like anything? Do you No, I don't think so. No. <laughs> I because mean, let's, let's be real, guys. That's not going to happen. Like, I think it's because we it think of more than other, anything, other networks that have done that. And so we think, yeah, mm-hmm. Disney should do that too. Uh, yeah, I don't but think Disney doesn't happens. sell the rights; they buy the rights. Yeah, you know, you don't get to be a corporate powerhouse by giving away the properties you own. <laughs> you hoard that shit. That's bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <sighs> so for episode two website, she said. Part of me wishes this show was on sci-fi or something so they could have gone with the original plot for season three. But at the same time, I would, I never would have heard of Alex Johnson if it weren't for this show. But yeah, I wish something would have happened with the original plot. Yeah, me too. I think we all did. Yeah, we all would have, we all want to see the, uh, all wanted to see, all want to see the original season three. (laughs) She also commented on episode 8 about Strangeling. She said, I'm still so bummed they didn't go with the original plotline for the third season. It was a good season, but with everything they were hinting at throughout the first two seasons, the last season was a serious letdown. Especially considering Fee was barely even in in it, which she actually wasn't. I think the episodes with the family's backstories were my favorite. The other episodes with paranormal things randomly thrown in were good, but it was more interesting diving into both the family's pasts. Okay, who, now what is the name of this person? Mary. Mary, okay, well, wow, thank you so much for commenting on so many of our episodes. Yeah, I think a lot of us like the uh, episodes that are, um, you know, targeting more, like, character development uh, than, like, the, uh, what are they called, Monster of the Week episodes? I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I, I like both because... Uh, <laughs> well, yes, Zach, you would. <laughs> well, you know, if it didn't... I mean, if there, if the show didn't have the monster of the week or the mystery of the week element, I never would have watched it. So, But obviously, you know, I love the characters and the relationships. So that's a, a big part of the show for me as well. Yeah, I mean, as long as there's a good balance of both of them. I mean, it makes even a better show to have good balance of both of them. She also commented on episode 9, Rebecca. She said... Netflix should get on that reboot, and if Disney's just going to forget about the show, they just need to release the rights to Netflix and get the other episodes on as well. They're doing every other show, so why not? I would watch it. I guess we'll have to deal with crappy, uh, crappy quality the not-so-honest way if we want to watch it for now. This was one of my favorite episodes, other than the fact that Rebecca is 1,500 years old. Most everyone can relate to losing that one friend you connected with the most. And then she commented again, actually, forget the reboot, just redo season three the way they originally were planning. The third season we had made no sense with the rest of the show. I'm noticing a reoccurring element in this person's comments. (laughs) I still agree. I wish Netflix would take it on. But Disney will never let them. I mean, we talked about Okay. Let's not be too negative here. (laughs) Hope, okay? Some hope. I mean, Netflix make it happen. Well, you know, at, at this point, I wish that just some engineer in um, enterprise and fans would get together and and do like so we're the next generation as a web comic or a fan fiction series. Well, something a yeah, little fancier cool. than that, you know, because I know if they actually like tried to do it as a video series, uh, obviously Disney's lawyers would squish it immediately. So, like a web comic, I think is maybe our best bets. But uh, mm-hmm. and any intermediate and any so weird fans who can actually like illustrate listening to this, you know, get on that. <laughs> That's what we need. Yeah. <laughs> and we got a comment from Alona on our last episode. She said, at the risk of embarrassing myself, given the discussion, I'm going to go ahead and comment that this was very memorable to me and probably my top three in my top three episodes. I really thought it was a beautiful episode, and I was convinced enough at the age of 10 that this was all very feasible. So in some ways, it appeared more realistic than other episodes. The emotions conveyed by the guest characters were very affecting to me, and the idea seemed very original, too, compared to, say, a mermaid or vampire episode. So 9 out of 10 for me. Yeah, that's not the first bit of... uh 
comments we've got saying how much they liked Loss. I guess we're just all too hard on that one because a lot of people yeah. seem to like it. <laughs> I do like it. I just I still feel like I don't know. There's just the main characters are so focused on helping people that they're not really in any way or as much as I would like, I guess. Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, we've, we've said our piece about loss, but I don't dislike the episode, but it just yeah. seems to me that there are a lot of so weird fans out there that really like it a lot, which surprises me. Okay, and we got three comments on our previous episode for Willow the Wisp. Um, this one's from Kanisu. He said, hey, you remembered I was the fan art guy. Yay, I've got plans for lots more so weird art, too. I've just been distracted by another project lately, but when I do get back to it, my next subject will have to be Jack. Hope you guys have been enjoying making the podcast as much as I've, I've been enjoying listening to them. Keep up the great work. Oh, yeah, awesome. I love Jack. Can't wait to see it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And maybe do a webcomic, too. No, yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sure. <laughs> you know, then the people that write in the fandom and the people that draw on the fandom just need to collaborate. And this one's from Mary. This was such a brilliant show, especially if you think about the time of the show and the channel the show was on. It's so much more than just paranormal. I really wish you went along with what the third season was supposed to be, but I get why they couldn't. <laughs> I like how the news of like what the third season could have been traveled so much. Yeah, on the on the online community. Well, I think there were a lot of people who were disappointed in the season three we got. So we've all kind of the so weird fandom being as insular as it is is all sort of circled around that those tidbits we've gotten about what season three was meant to be originally. And this one's from Alona. My top five episodes are one Rebecca, two Lost. Three, Angel, four, Willow the Wisp, five, Memory. I really think I went for ones that just stood out as emotional and very different from other shows I had seen. Yeah, well, there, there's another vote for Rebecca as uh, the season one favorite. My goodness, that is a lot of feedback. Yeah. <laughs> we go away from a month and people actually talk about us. Wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I think that's all the feedback. Well, you know, I love to hear from people because I'm just, you know, on my other shows I do, nobody ever talks to us or sends us emails or feedback or anything like that. So it feels awesome to actually hear people say that they're listening to the show and they are following what we're talking about and they're fans of this as well. So that's really great. And hey, guys, keep it coming. I love to hear feedback from our listeners. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah, guys. I second that. All right. So are we uh, wrapping up? Yeah, I we've said everything. I've said all the feedback. Um, I'll be posting this on all the social media, so like everything, retweet, reblog, comment. All right, well, this has been the So Weird Podcast. I'm Zach. I'm Kathy. I'm Emily. I'm Tap. And we will hear from you again soon. Keep the faith. Bye.